Thank you so much for joining us. Um, as Isaac is micing up, I just want us to know that one of my greatest joys and my greatest passion is seeing you heal. It really is. So can I kind of be transparent with you and tell you like a real life thing that happened? And then I would like to tell you about the food trucks and all the psychologists and therapists that we want to connect you with. I mean, we have a long list of therapists. Long list. Long list of therapists so that you can book your session. This is for some or for uninsured people as well. We want to make sure that you are getting the help. Hey Amen. I know y'all giving golf claps, but listen, some people really, really need to heal. And um, we wanted to make sure that before you leave here, before you hit up a food truck, you could also connect and get resources. So if you do not have a licensed therapist, you can get one. But I want to tell you a true story that happened to me on today. Are y'all ready for this? I'm going to get in my therapy Thursday mode. Um, I have this leak in my tires. True story. And I was so used to this leak that it would irritate me. It wasn't that bad. I mean, it would be like 34, then after a week or two, drop down to 26 in my tires. And so I just kept filling it up, and I just decided on a day, you know what? Before therapy, I'm going to get new tires right? And so I go to Discount Tire, and he says, man, you have four nails in your tire. Don't judge me. <laughs> Don't super judge. He says, you have four nails in your tire. You've been driving with four na nails in your tire. Hmm. You've been going through your journey, and there's something that's slowly leaking air for some of us, you have four nails and it's leaking joy. It's leaking your sleep. Your ceiling counsels you every night. It's leaking your passion. And he says, okay, so we're, we're going to recommend that you get two new tires in the back. So I got the new tires. And on the way to therapy tonight, when I got in my truck and I didn't hear the ding, because, you know, when you have low tire, there's like this, your car makes this ding sound. It kind of bothered me, like, what's going on? Oh, that's where I got new tires. <laughs> and as I was driving, I was like, man, I've gotten so used to riding with leaks. I've gotten so used to having leaks in my tires that I felt like something was wrong because I did not hear the sound indicating to me that you no longer have nails in your tires. And so on tonight, one of the things I really, really want us to retain, if I was a note taker, we're coming out swinging, I want you to write this down. Healing and avoidance cannot coexist. Y'all going to have to stay with me on the camera because I'm going to get up and then I'm going to get down. Okay? <laughs> Healing and avoidance cannot coexist. All right? So whatever you're trying to avoid and calling it healing, just because you adjust does not mean you have healed. We could turn all the lights out in the sanctuary, and after a while, your eyes will adjust, but that does not mean you have night vision. <laughs> so I, I want us, can we make some noise for my brother Isaac Curry coming to the stage? Come on, bro. Good to see you, fam. In person. Had what to fly up, everybody? How y'all doing? Yes. Give it up for the missus and the whole family and the We got all of our babies. 
Mrs. Curry came, so you're going to have some extra oil on the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she praying for me in the meantime. Amen. Yeah. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Yeah. There we go. Y'all look go. beautiful. So before we dive into this and pray, um, I want us to do this because I was trying to think of a way where this could be interactive because sometimes we have questions, right? And I just, one of the things I learned as just being a leader, it's dangerous when you let the mic float. Oh, absolutely. Anybody can say anything and then we lose control and then I won't have to embarrass somebody. So I'm like, okay, um, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna have a QR code. So we go ahead and put this QR code on the screen. It'll also be for everybody watching online, this QR code where you can put in your question. The power of technology. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey. Now, of course, we won't be able to answer every single question because um, we have people in house, people online. There's no way we can answer every single question. Uh, but our team. So is, people online will be able to also. Yes. Oh, They'll be able to ask up. questions. Um, I'll be able to see some of them. We're also going to have them projected on the screen for you. Certain questions that you have. But one of the things I do want us to consider: How many nails? Are you riding with that you don't know you have? What oh, I was telling them, Isaac, was um, I got my tires changed on today, and I had four nails in my tire, and I didn't know it. I kept filling it up. I would notice in you the truck. To, you had a slow leak? I had a slow leak. Mm. But I thought it was just, I don't know what I thought. I just kept filling it up once it got to 26, and today I just was like, I'm going to get it fixed. And so that routine became normal. There it is. Mm, okay. And so see how he's blasting me? <laughs> 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 so it did. I normalized the leak. Mm -hmm. And when the guy informed me I had four nails in my tire and he showed them to me, I was like, wow, I didn't know that. Mm. And he said, yeah, we're going to replace them. And then when I got back in the car to head to therapy tonight, the car didn't make the ding sound. Mm. And I actually thought something was wrong because I got so used to it. Well, you know what's important about that? Talk to me. He revealed to you that you had four nails. We often ask for the revelation, but what do you do when you get the revelation? We ask God to speak, then you get yeah. the revelation. Yeah. You got a choice. Do you keep what's normal, mm -hmm. or do you actually respond? Because it might cost you. It costs me. Oh. <laughs> Everybody say healing, healing. will cost me. Will cost me. Yep. Mm. And, and for that moment, that's so good, bro. I didn't view it as a bill. I viewed it as safety. Mm. I have other people that are going to be riding with me. Ooh. Your healing is also for somebody else's safety. Mm. Not only could I wreck everybody who's riding with me getting a wreck, but I also can hit somebody else. Who are you hitting? Because of a leak that's been normalized. Mm. Who is suffering? What marriage right now is suffering because there are nails that either you don't know. Come on. Or you don't want to pay for it. Mm. Everybody say it, healing. healing. Cost. Go ahead, bro. Let me go pray. No, I'm just thinking about that because good, what you're saying is powerful. Look, we, we talk we talk about other things, but your life is transportation for somebody else. Yeah. You help someone else get to a destination. Yes. So good. But if you got some holes in your tires that you don't get addressed, you might be responsible for someone not getting to their destination. Mm. That's so good. Can y'all tell something's gonna happen on the night? Yeah. 
I already feel this. The pop-up live is different. Come on, man. Let's pray, brother. God, thank you for this moment. Thank you for this time. Thank you for a place where we could recognize that we have nails. And most importantly, we thank you, God, for taking on nails so that we can be healed. We don't have to live with nails because you already took those. E. God, what we're praying on tonight, we don't want just a typical session, a typical encounter. God, we want revival to happen. But the only way there can be revival is we must recognize when something is dead. Mm -hmm. Whatever has died in our heart, whatever has died in our life, we're asking God, would you revive our joy? Would you revive the clarity for somebody? Would you revive the hope who has been so disappointed, disappointment after disappointment, they don't dream, they don't hope, they don't desire, they have no goals because what's the point? I can't get hurt if I don't climb. But help us to remember that we were not made to stay on the ground because we are the head and not the tail. We're asking that you breathe on this session for the yes. time that we have together. In Jesus' name, and everybody in the room and watching online, could you say amen? Amen. amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Are y'all ready? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, bro. Then I'm going to read a passage. Go ahead. I really, really think, I believe that at some point we need to have a pop-up therapy Thursday with the misses as well. For sure. I think that would be powerful to have them and yeah. all four of us on the stage and really be able to dive into some things. But go ahead. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, something that I want us to consider, this is a passage of scripture that I've been reading. I've read it before, but I saw something different. Exodus chapter 14, um, verse 10, is where we're going to launch our reading. Uh, we're going to have it projected for you on the screen. Uh, just to give you a little synopsis of what this is, this is when the children of Israel, they are out of Egypt, but Egypt is not out of them. Okay? They're no longer slaves, but they don't view themselves as free. They haven't inhabited Canaan, but that's the direction they're going. But here's the thing. When we have a, a promised land address with an Egypt appetite, we make healing feel like, like torture. So, so this is something that we want us to consider as a passage of Scripture, and I want us to consider a different thought. Exodus chapter 14, verse 10. It says, as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? Somebody say past. What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Somebody say past. Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. In other words, we are cool with nails. Mm. Let us be slaves. Let us live with leeks. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It is better to be a slave in Egypt than a coarse corpse in the wilderness. But Moses told the people, do not be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. Somebody say past. past. Now say future. future. Okay. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. 
Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. <laughs> Our verses that I want us to consider really two passages of scripture. Verse 12, didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? Somebody say past. Then verse 15, the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Now say destiny. destiny. Okay. So what we're seeing in this passage of scripture is God trying to move them forward, but the terror of the past won't let them see forward. Hear me if I was a note taker, I'll write this down. You cannot take destiny steps when your history is your therapist. Say that again. You cannot take destiny steps when your history is your therapist, when your history is your counselor. So when my brother Isaac and I were talking, we said, we're going to deal with, let's make peace treaties with our past on the night. Peace treaties with our past. Because for many of us, your mind, your past, and your decisions are hostile to your future self. Now, I want to give you a definition of a, peach, of a peace treaty, and then I want us to see this chart where I could better corroborate my claim. So a peace treaty is an agreement between two or more hostile parties which formally end a state of war between themselves. This is powerful, y'all. A peace treaty is when two or three hostile parties formally end a state of war between themselves. Okay. So if that's the case, we're going to need to make some peace treaties with what we've done. We're going to need to make some peace treaties of how we got tight, of how we got nails in our tires. And so I made this chart, Isaac, I want them to see. If you could put this chart up. Um, follow me. I'm going to stand up. I want us to really see this. So many times what we haven't understood is we're affected by our past that affects the way you think, and that affects your decision-making. Listen, the decisions you make are because of the nails you got. The decisions you make are because of how you're looking at the nails of your past. And it's possible that your past, your mind, and your decision-making are hostile to your future self. So the danger with preaching next Hmm. The, the danger of saying get ready is you might experience a future promotion but your decisions, your minds, and your past are still haunting you. This makes sense? But since we serve the God of reverse, re reverse it. God has a plan for our future self and if we consider our future self, that will affect our decision making. And since that affects our decision-making, we have a different mindset. And since we have a different mindset, we don't view the past as just nails. We view them as lessons. So good. So good. Let's work, bro. I am excited. Let's go. You done did the work. <laughs> no, you got that. You got that. You got that. I have nothing to say about that. That's powerful. I, Everybody say that's powerful. I just really want us to understand, man. God is not giving new directions. 
because past is still your counselor. Hmm. It's affect our personality. It's affect what we're attracted to. It, it affects the places we go. Some of us, as soon as you have a hard day, you go back to past patterns. You call that trauma responses. There you go. Some of the relationships that we choose yeah. is a trauma response. It's how we've trained ourselves yeah. to respond to pain. Yeah. Hmm. God can deliver us from Egypt, but he can't make us stop serving Pharaoh. Wow. Say that one more time, bro. No, as, as, as you were talking, I mean, it's, it's really it. They're, they're in the wilderness. They're in between Egypt and their future self, and they're still thinking about Egypt. God delivered them, but he couldn't make them stop worshiping Pharaoh. And how many times has God delivered us from something? But we keep ourselves in that place, not living in the deliverance that God given us. And I like what you said, though. Um, a wilderness attitude won't work at a promised land addressed. And so that's why we're here today. Yeah. That's why we're here today. Yeah. Can I get us to say this confession and everybody watching online? Can we put this in the room in all caps? You know how we do, week after week. Can I get us to say, Father, Father heal me. And help me, and help me to, move to move forward. My destiny, my destiny is, greater than my history. is greater than my history. One more time. I feel this, y'all. Father, Father, help me. Help me. Heal, me heal me to move forward. To move forward. My, destiny my destiny is greater, is greater than, my history. than my history. We have to make peace trees with our past. Mm. We have to make. I'm not seeing you by what you've done, but your patterns are keeping you a slave to what you've done. The nails, normalized nails. So Isaac, I, I wanna ask this question, bro. Why is it we, all, we automatically have a mindset when we meet somebody new that they're gonna make us feel fam familiar pain? Just like instantly. Anybody ever dealt with that? Like, I don't have time for, see? Yep, yep. So soon you get in a relationship, you already have low patience and low tolerance. Done. Done. Look, hey, I had, a, I had a count session the other day, and the couple said, hey, when you're when you in your late 30s and late 40s, your patience is like, I don't have time. You, you a liar out. You, you, you. It's, it's like the grace automatically is limited mm -hmm. because of your nails, and they haven't even shown you their nails yet. Mm -hmm. So why do we arrest people as potential offenders? It's a good chance, high probability from what, what I have learned and am learning is that I haven't truly healed. And the truth of the matter is that we have to be able to accept or have uncomfortable conversations or hard conversations. And a hard conversation is this, it could be that you're not as healed as you profess to be. We have to, if we're going to heal, one of the, message, one of the, the sessions we've had is healing is messy. Yeah. And that's still reverberations. 
we have to accept that it could be that you're not as healed as you profess to be. Because if you go to another relationship carrying bricks from a previous relationship, you're going to build the same house. We've heard that before. Right. That's good, bro. And so if I go, and one of the things that I wrote in, in, in my first book, No Regrets, is that one way you can assess whether or not you're ready to get back on the dating scene or relate is if you can give the next relationship all of you. And if you can move into that next relationship and be okay if it does not fail, if, if it does not work. Because wow. Wow. we'll enter it, we'll, wow. we'll, we'll, and if something happens, mm. we fall apart. We were never really re ready because we hadn't really healed. Right. Time does not heal wounds for the record. Right. Mm. Yeah. Jesus heals wounds. Yeah. It can be 20 years, 10 years, five years, just because you've been out of that situation. Yeah doesn't mean that you have been healed. And so I believe from my perspective and what I have experienced, one reason that we enter into a new situation with low tolerance, low patience, as soon as you turn that phone over, you and I already snap. <laughs> why, you get the, why you got the phone over? You need to be healed. I ain't even did nothing. But no, no, that's one, that's one of the reasons. Yeah. What so do you good. think? No, I, I agree. Um, I think it's kind of like what I experienced today. I was so used to hearing that ding in my truck that it kind of startled me. And I was having this conversation with a brother. I said, man, you know, emotional intelligence startles those who are used to ignorance. Yeah. It's kind of like I, I, I want you to snap. I don't know if y'all ever experienced this. Have you ever been talking to somebody at an emotional, intelligent level, and they're almost irritated that you're not getting on their level too. And you can kind of sense that they want you to step out of character because the more you remain in character, the more foolish that they begin to look. Yeah, yeah. That, I don't yeah, know yeah. if that ever happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, was, I was communicating this to him and I said, man, it really does take for you now I have the verbiage. It really does take for you to be aware of your nails, for you to even be able to articulate your triggers. Say that again. That it, would, yeah, they, they got it, layers to it. it. It takes for you to be aware of your nails. Awareness. For me to be able to even communicate my triggers. Have language for what I'm feeling. I'm able to, I'm able to, to articulate to Tanisha after a sermon, I'm extremely, I'm at this place of battling. So I, I'm not the best with decision making post sermon. Lena, tell you the same thing. Because it. <laughs> <laughs> she probably over there waving her hand. I ain't gonna even look that way. Because <laughs> we're human. You know, the, the thoughts hit your mind. Was it a good sermon? Was, was it effective? Was it this? And so you're more vulnerable to comments. Mm hmm. Which is why I won't do social media. Mm -hmm. I'll post, get off. I left you a comment. I didn't even see it. <laughs> post, get off, because I'm aware of what has historically been a nail. Yeah. So if I could just expose myself, I've had a little anger issue, especially in my, I was like that teenager that punched stuff. Thank God I could say I was a teenager and I'm a grown man, still getting mad, hitting stuff. 
But I know that that was a pattern of anger, and I see it in my son, right, Miss Flowers? We see this little anger thing, and it's like I'm more gracious because I know that I had it. Come on. Um, but since I'm aware, since I'm aware of what could happen if I'm not currently holistic in my mind, I'm able to communicate times with my wife. Where I say, hey, um, I just need a minute to just process and think. That critical conversation, let's handle it Monday. Now, certain people, no, you need to be able to so hear where you can tell exactly, that's you, I'm not your husband. Listen, <laughs> listen. <laughs> I'm not. But my wife has, I was able to articulate, I could operate with more emotional intelligence when I've had a moment to decompress. Yes. Now, when I'm not aware of myself, that's how we have men and women who blow up. Mm. Because I don't, have the, I don't have the language to say, hey, right now I'm still dealing with a nail. Yeah. And if, and if this conversation continues, it's not going to be spirit-led on me, on my behalf. Well, what you going to do then? <laughs> I ain't going to be spirit-led either. <laughs> See, and that, that's, a whole, that's a whole word of a true friend. True friends recognize your trigger and will help cover it. Okay. Come on, man. Yeah. No, I heard you use the term language and something is powerful and I appreciate the, what you're saying about being able to feel something and now have language, but you didn't always have language. Nope. One thing my daughter is teaching me, and I can say that now, you learn emotions before you learn words. That's good. Yeah. I'm looking at my daughter. Yeah. Her eye, she's feeling something in, in erratic, <laughs> but she can't speak. And so it's like she, emotions are developing, but words aren't coming out. And some of us are adults Ooh. feeling still haven't developed language. How do you get that, though? How, how, how can I say... I'm still dealing with when my mom told me, you're sorry. And that's still affecting me. Or better yet, my mom always controlled me. She mothered me to death. Mm -hmm. And so every time a woman tries to correct me, Come on. it makes me think of mom. How did you get to a place where you're able to trace, tie, and mm. articulate, this is what it is, this is how I feel, this is what it takes me back to. How do you get there? One thing I know is absolutely critical is you have to have a safe space. Somebody write that down. Safe space. Please. Right now, currently, my wife and I dated for eight years, off and on, been married almost three, and we're arriving to a place where I can say, she can look at me, I don't even have words. There's, I, there's days I don't even have words on what I'm feeling. She can tell you what I'm feeling. I can't tell you what I'm feeling. Yeah. But I feel safe enough to be able to say, I don't know what I'm feeling. And I just, I just need to pull back. I, just, I need to figure out what I'm feeling, but I hadn't always felt safe. Not because of her, because of what I, where I come from. What you can't talk about, it's risky. The word is vulnerable. The word that the devil does not want you to lean into 
Because every time I say the word vulnerable to you, you think about what happened that time when you tried to be. Come on, bro. And you continue to press that button every time. I can't. You have to live a life where you can be vulnerable. But I believe, not the only, because I also have to be audacious and courageous enough to open my mouth and to say at the risk that she might shut me down or she might turn her nose up or she might not hear what I'm actually trying to say. And nothing is worse than for a man to finally try to open up and you don't recognize it. Mm. That's good, bro. I, I think too, well, I'm gonna ask a question that I'm gonna articulate a thought. How many of us have safe places? Okay, hands down. How many of us don't? Don't have safe places. What do you do with that? What do you do with your nails when there's nobody there to tell you you got nails? Can I, can I say something, please? This is not to anybody no, specifically. But where we do also have to be careful is we can become so accustomed to saying I don't have a safe place. And you're not even a safe place. Hold on, hold on. I, ain't, I ain't talking to nobody in here. So don't get mad, don't unfollow me. You, 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 you won't lie. But what I am learning is that we're so quick. I don't have a safe, I, I, but the last time Ooh. somebody gave you their vulnerability, yeah. you stepped on it. Ooh. It Ooh. could be that you don't know what it looks like. Ooh. And it terrifies you That's to real. even think about safe. That's real. You don't really know what safe looks like. Ooh. It probably, do you, do you know what's, the question probably is that, is, is anybody here not familiar with what safe actually looks like? You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, That's good. I may be, and here's the thing, they told you you had nails in your tires. And you now got to do something about that. You can be like, well, no, this is what happened. No, you got That's nails in your tires. That's a rock. No, no, y'all trying to get my money because the last time with my mama and with, with my cousin Kevin, what they did when they came to the mechanic, you can't ever trust mechanics because they're going to always try to get your, listen, you got a slow leak and you're deflecting and you're defensive. You got to tell the truth on yourself. You have to want to be healed so badly that you gotta be, you gotta ask questions. You gotta look at yourself in the mirror and ask difficult questions. Yeah. Why do I get so angry when people say this word? That's good, bro. I know they said that word, I get it. But why do you get so angry when that happens though? Yeah. Let's stop focusing on other people, but let, yeah. do I actually, cause Isaac could tell you, for most of his life, I don't know what safe look like. So the way I move, that's why people don't say certain things around me. Cause they know I pop off. I can say you're not safe, but then there might be people who look at me and say, well, you actually. Yeah. Man, you know, as you were saying, I was thinking like, the guy didn't just tell me I had nails. He showed me. Mm. Like he said, come here, look, and it's hot, you sweat, y'all know I sweat. I'm trying to get in the AC, he's like, no, look, I want you to see one's right here in this thread, 
can, can you see back here? He was shining with his light and phone. It was like he was intentional, possibly because he dealt with customers Come on. that are like you lying. <laughs> Go ahead. One, we all ain't going to run into a mechanic who's going to do that. So let me, let, go on get your expectations where it needs to be. Because everybody ain't going to run into a mechanic who's going to be like, look, let me, let me walk with you. Let me show you each nail, you know. But are you willing to look, though? Because that took time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. After that, he showed me, then he took me in the AC, thank God. And <laughs> then there was this chart. He said, okay. Your tire starts right here. Then he went all the way down to the red and says, yours is right here. I said, so when, when you ride with it right here, that can lead to right here. Mechanic, I'm preaching a full sermon. I'm like, bro, you, you, you giving me a whole word. And I'm, the extra church is coming. I'm like, mm. <laughs> mm that's good. You done already wrote a sermon. <laughs> you, hey, you done, you done, man, I can't wait to preach this. Hi. Like, yeah, that leads right here. My God, excuse me. I'm sorry. <laughs> he was showing me, and bro, you brought out such a valid point, man. And this is just something I've learned as, let me put on like a pastoral hat. This is something I've learned as a pastor. Some people will paint a picture of you being a bad person to justify their nail. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Can you, say, church, can, 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 can you say it again? I, <laughs> they will try to paint a picture of you being a certain type of person to justify their nail. So it's almost like I point out the nail and you will go tell other people I have nails. Right? To paint a picture of this is an unhealthy mechanic. We're still talking about the tire right now. This is an unhealthy mechanic when truthfully... You didn't want to pay how much it was going to cost to get the nail out. So when I say... How many, how many tires did they sell you? They gave me two. They gave you two? two? It was both of them. Both? And the one that had... The one on the left had four. The other one, just a thread, was gone. Um, but he, he told me that you never want to compromise one tire. You, 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 you want them to be balanced. So if, if we give you this new tire, the other one it's gonna compromise even more. So it's best for you to have it's going, two. It's gonna overwork. It's gonna overwork. Overcompensate. There it is. So, uh, so I know, right? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Listen, the word is everywhere. I'm trying to tell y'all. I really hope this is helping us. What, what, we're trying, what we're trying to do is to get us to understand there's some road God wants to take you on. And you're here on tonight because he's striving to stress to you the importance of nail awareness. The Israelites are a prime example of what it looks like to have a blowout and be stranded 40 years. 40 years because you didn't want God to deal with your nails of Egypt. Why do you think God was raining down manna from heaven and saying, take just enough for today. Don't store it. Don't pack. Take just enough for today. He's teaching us, I am your daily bread. And not only is it that, though, so that's good, powerful. Man. I'm your daily bread, but I'm going to give you this manna 
because you're used to what you were eating in Egypt, and I have to shift your appetite, your taste buds. And so I got to bring you to this place, and I got to feed you something that you might not think is, is, ta- is, is what you need, not what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you, good, because you got a bad appetite, and you're a cut. But what's the first thing they did when they experienced some type of trauma, somebody, they were triggered? I want to go back to Egypt. Look at all of the food that we used to have. They start calling out, man, look, I will do anything to go back to Egypt because when we walk away from a relationship, when we walk away from something, the first thing we do is idealize our past. We forget why we left. We forget how, why we were delivered. You can, you can read upon this. The danger of not journaling and understanding why I left or why God pulled me out is because you got to be careful because the first thing you'll do is, I miss him. Or, man, oh, man, I can't, man, I can't. Because the first thing you do is idea. You think about the good. And you start jumping over all of the... That, That man was abusive. She took all your money. <laughs> while, while you're processing, um, <laughs> in the back, just something hit me while you're processing. In the back, Carl, if you could, could you find um, Numbers chapter 11, verse 5 for me? It's the New King James. All right, now you and did, I'll give you, you a moment to go there. You, you go, de- you're dealing you know, with a powerful. You're dealing with a powerful chapter now, there. Numbers chapter 11, verse 5. This is the New King James version. Mm-hmm. I want to give you a moment to find it so you can put it on the screen. What he has on the screen, y'all just point so I can know that it's there, okay? Um, But, bro, what you were saying is just, it's so powerful because what they were calling past, like, we remember back when. Come on. But they want God to move them to the promised land. Mm -hmm. It's dangerous when you confuse promise with past. Mm. It's on? Yeah. Okay, bro, this was tripping me out. As you were speaking, remember I said he was pointing out you have a slow leak. Mm-hmm. Bro, they literally say, look, we remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wordplay. <laughs> Come on, man. We remember the leeks we had. We want more of it. Oh, you remember the leeks all right. You remember the leeks. And I think it's possible that we romanticize leaks, but forget when we're stranded. Break that down. You forget what it was like leaning over the toilet, vomiting everywhere, saying, I'm never going to get drunk like this again. <laughs> and I'm talking to hold. somebody. That hangover was so intense, you said, every time, never again. But as soon as, as soon as the holidays come around in 2023, romanticize leaks, forget hangovers. God, I want 2023 to be the best year that I've ever had with you. Tomorrow, September, right? Can y'all be? Tomorrow, September 1st. 
So we are, we, are, are, we are broaching the final parts of this year. What you declared December 31st, 2022, does it look like you've been traveling down that road September 1st, 2023? And is it possible, it's not that God doesn't have a plan for your life, it's not that you're not anointed, it's not that you're not gifted, it's not that you're not called, it's you got nails. 2023 will look the same. 2024 will look the same. 2025 look. This is the strategy of the enemy to get you wasting your life with nails to such a degree till you get so old to where you don't change them. I'm used to writing. Kind of remind me of my sister. Her iPhone. I don't know what number she has. Mm. She has like a six or something. Like we're about to go to 15. Yeah. <laughs> and and like I called her. Sorry, I'm just put on blast. I called her and she talks and one day my mom called my sister's phone and she said, let me speak to your brother. And I said, mom, I can barely hear you. And she's like, nothing wrong with this phone. <laughs> and I said, mama, call me on my phone. And so I said, TC, listen to my phone. She said, oh, <laughs> be quiet, boy. She was <laughs> and I was like, man, you got so used to a busted speaker that you think something's wrong with my phone? Yep. <laughs> yep. Some of us have gotten so used to trauma that love triggers. Love is offensive. Mm. So what, what do we do about it? Number one, confront it. So write it down. Point number one, what do we do when we want to make a peace treaty with our past? We confront it. Confront it. Confront. Similar to how my mechanic was pointing out um, the things in my, in my tire that needed to be healed, that needs to come out. Have you confronted your nails? Now, Isaac, could you add language to that before we keep going? What practically does it look like to confront a nail? <clears throat> I would say, I'm going to use a, another analogy to get to the point because I'm a preacher. But if you're saying confront it, being vulnerable for myself years ago, which is when I started writing the book, No Regrets, the reason why it was so hard for me to heal was because I was afraid to have the funeral. That's good. That's good. And so moving, so when I met my now wife, I had a backpack on with skeletons from previous relationships because no one ever taught me how to grieve and leave. Wow. And so I never really confronted because I saw what it looked like to move to, I'll drop you and move to the, move to. And so I met my wife and the reason why we were, one of the reasons why we were, off and on, yo, because I had a backpack with skeletons and, and, and corpse, corpses because I never stopped to confront. And one of the ways that I had to personally learn how to confront or how to, to have the funeral is that I had to become both 
a physician and a mortician. Yeah. A physician, because if you want to learn how to move, specifically, let's say, hurt or relationships, a physician, Lord, help me to be a physician because I have to recognize that hearts get broken. And I got to know when to pull the plug. And I got to know when to do not resuscitate. Somebody say, do not resuscitate. But then a mortician, because I never knew what it meant to have an autopsy of that relationship that didn't work. I come from a school of thought when it's the path, let it go, keep moving, not stop. Look at the pattern, look at what happened. Don't focus on the other person, look at, assess. Is there a pattern that God is revealing to you? And instead of just putting it in your backpack and moving on, Lord, you revealed the, 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 the nails, now help me to do something about it. Confronting is a scary thing. Because I had to learn, yo, I have to have a funeral. Because my first funeral that I did as a pastor, right when I met my wife, ran into the, the funeral home. I was thinking about this coming. Ran into the funeral home. And I picked up the obituary. I was running a little late. And a card fell out that said, miss me, but let me go. It was for the people, but it spoke to me. That you have to learn how it's okay to miss something or someone, but you gotta let it go. Because where you're going is far more valuable and far more important than just missing something. Ask God to change your appetite, but I think for me, a practical part of confronting for me was slowing down yeah. and not being afraid of what God is going to show me about me. Because it's easy to tell you about you. But it's hard to hear truth from God about you and you don't act like he talking about somebody else. And so to confront is to slow down and to dare ask God the question, God, can you please reveal me to me? I know you know everything. You're an expert at pointing things out in other people. But can you, can you assess you without judging you? That's important. Can you assess yourself without judging yourself. Yeah. But confronting requires having a difficult conversation with yeah. you. Yeah. One practical, yeah. one practical step. That's so good, bro. So for me, if I ever see that I have a leak again, I'm gonna look for, look for nails instead of putting air in it. Mm. <laughs> Something I saw a leak, oh, put air in it. But, but here's the thing though, you almost got to be trained to see nails. Some nails poke out, but some nails are so sophisticated that it blends in 
You can be up. Uh, trust me, I, 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 my uncle's a mechanic. I'm telling you, you can, you can, you don't see. And I'm I ain't got no nails. There's something wrong with the tire. Yeah. No, it's a nail. And what you need is help. Someone who has the acumen, the experience, to be able to say, "I will look," but you got to trust who you ask to help you to look because everybody can't be a threat to you. Everybody can't be dangerous to you. Everybody can't be a threat. If everyone is a threat to you, you will never find healing. Wow. That's so good. Everybody cannot be a threat. Man, that's so good, bro. Uh, before we move on with the next point, I was thinking about me uh, just being transparent. You know, Therapy Thursday, I try to be as transparent and translucent as I could be. Um, I remember being tortured on Saturday nights, man. Just, is this, it was the torture of, is this sermon gonna be good? Come on. And I was like, God, if I'm gonna do this, if, if I'm gonna feel this every Saturday night, I'm, I'm good. Let me enjoy this. Yeah. And um, I think that was me confronting it. Yeah. I would push through it and call it spiritual warfare. <laughs> I would. I would add churchy lingo, a churchy verbiage to some nail that I was trying to justify as spiritual. That's good. I was. I was I'm spiritual warfare every Saturday, spiritual warfare. You, you know what? If I could just jump in and, and jump right back out. The same struggle and how I confronted it, I told my wife about it. This is what I wrestle with. Yeah. This is what I'm struggling with. Yeah. When you see me walking around the house shaking my head, says, man, whatever, I bind you. I'm just randomly because I'm wrestling. And then she see me heavy, she could just look at me. And if she look at me too hard, I'll start crying because it's heavy. Yeah. Yeah. But one way to confront it is stop holding it in to my own self for my own self, yeah. but to actually share it with someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was... Um just wrestling with it, telling my brother uh, Torrance about it, uh, brother Herbert, I was telling him like, man, it's every Saturday. It, it's not supposed to be like this. Um, and God really revealed to me that that's not anxiety, son. Mm. That's the fear of the Lord. You know if I don't breathe on this, you're gonna look like a babbling boy, idiot. Boy, <laughs> So what you're feeling is heaven dependence. Come on, man. That, that's what you're, you're feeling, God, if you don't, then I will. I don't want to go where you're not. So I confronted it by saying, okay, God, if I'm going to do this, give me the joy of the Lord to do it. So lately I've been able to say, y'all, this blessed me while I was studying because I experienced freedom in an area I had to confront it. Mm. Instead of just, when you don't understand what you're going through, stop labeling it a thing. We live in a society that adds labels to everything. If you don't learn at the rate you're supposed to learn, here's a label. If you don't get it as fast as the rest of the class, here's a label. If you experience this, it's a label. And so I'm like, man, I wonder how many things we're, we're just slamming labels on that are difficult. Mislabeling. Whenever, whenever it's difficult, we label it. Somebody say confront it. Point number two I think is so powerful um, to make a peace treaty with your past. Ishmael mistakes don't prohibit Isaac. t-shirt. <laughs> Ishmael mistakes. All of us have them. 
And if I, I don't really have time, I could totally exegete that because the Ishmaelites were the transportation system that got Joseph over in Egypt, which, which caused for him to be in place where he could become the second most powerful man in Egypt. But he wouldn't have got there if Abraham didn't get impatient and have an Ishmael. But Ishmaelites became transportation for another generation after him. So I just want to encourage you, your Ishmael mistakes don't stop the promise of Isaac. Because God will use your mistakes to bring himself glory. Because God is sovereign. And even the mistakes are a part of the journey. Number three, forgive you and them. Forgive you and them. I can forgive other people with ease. I can't. The reason forgiving other people is easy for me is because I always consider the backstage first. I do. I consider the backstage versus the opening act. The opening act, they flipped me off on 45. They probably got laid off today. I'm, I, it will go through my mind. It keeps me. That's my process of not acting out. Consider the backstage. You don't know what they're going through. That's what it helps me. But forgiving me? Until <laughs> I recognize, bro, nobody takes care of you like you. You brush your teeth. You wipe your behind, and you're gonna be a ver- you're gonna be verbally abusive to you. Mm. One of the things you could do to be more like Christ is to forgive you. Yes. If God can forgive you, how can you not forgive yourself as well? And that's why I was trying to do Sunday of showing a lot of us are going before God with receipts, and He's like, I don't even see those. Yo, you don't forgive and forget. You don't forgive and forget. You forgive and you learn how to forgive again and again and again. Divinity moments and humanity moments. Number four, your destiny is not tied to who left. Okay? Your destiny is not tied to who left. Now, before we shout too much, I, I do want us to consider everybody's not replaceable. Some people are once in a lifetime. It's not yes, always Hey, hey, hey. Some people are not replaceable. Isaac's not. Hey, see, I, 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 I was about to say another point, man. You, you touched me. You, you touched me. You touched me. But, 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 but. I, I, I'm not promised to meet another Isaac. Mm. We've known each other, what, since 2017? Mm-hmm. Now, where God has taken the ministry... I don't know who loves Jerry versus who loves the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see? Hey, hey, so look. I knew you before I ever was a pastor. Absolutely. So, so the level of love and trust that I have for you, I tell you this privately, just like I'm doing yeah. it now publicly. Yeah. I'm not promised to meet another you. Mm. And so my honor of you is not just because you're a dope brother. It's also like, bro, this is a once-in-a-lifetime yeah. brother yeah. that I can call him. When I caught COVID, yep. I called you like, hey, can you come in? I know it's last minute. I got hey, you, bro. Make it happen. I'm not promised another 30, 40, 50 years to find another brother like that. Mm. So, so, for real. Okay. Go ahead. And the, and the danger of trying to replace people who leave is you can look at Paul and you can look at Barnabas and you can look around about Acts 15 where they had their issue 
and they separated. Paul would have messed around and not reached his full potential if he had to continue looking for another Barnabas. Come on, bro. He would have missed Silas if he was looking for another Barnabas. Yeah. Looking for another Barnabas, you'll miss your Silas. Like looking for someone to replace and repeat who left, you'll mess around and miss who God has right in your face. Mm -hmm. Silas had already come. He was already in position. He willfully remained in Jerusalem or in Antioch. He willfully re remained there. He was already prepared and didn't know what he was prepared for. So soon as Barnabas left, Paul didn't look for another replacement. God already had someone else who he needed. And I think that's important because we'll start looking, you know, for, for someone to replace. No. Everybody can't be replaced. Yeah. And, and understanding that gives confidence. I used to feel like it was arrogance. I did. And, and I was speaking to um, another pastor friend of mine, and I was telling him about the situation of church and crowded and all that stuff. And I'm like, man, I don't like the people have to do this. And he told me something. I never forgot it. And it sounds so arrogant for him to say it about me. <laughs> he was like, Jerry, there are a lot of churches in your city, mm. but people would have to probably drive thousands of miles, maybe even have to live another generation to find somebody wrapped like you. Right? I'm like, that's so arrogant. There's so many pastors that are dope. And it's like, yeah, but there's only one you. There's Amen. only one you. And God puts kingdom ambassadors in regions. We have some in Antioch. We have some in Houston. We have yep. some in Dallas. Yep. And when God puts them there in those regions, it's because you are equipped for that region. My so like all that other stuff, that's God's responsibility. But you need to trust that God has called you for that and not allow natural stuff to get in the way. That's your heart. You want everybody to do that. You can't control that. Mm. So that's not arrogance. That's, that's Godfidence. Sometimes people leave. Yep. Last point, decide to not let yesterday rob today and tomorrow. Somebody say decision. decision. That's a decision. We're going to get some questions, and uh, then I want to get us out in enough time to be able to connect with our resources team. If you need to book sessions with a therapist, hit up the food trucks. But I do want to um, broach some questions that you may have. Uh-oh. Destiny, you're dis uh, I'm sorry. Decide to not let yesterday rob today and tomorrow. That simply means just be present. Be present. Because if you let it, whatever happened on today will rob you all the way to Easter. <laughs> and you'll still be talking about what happened on August 31st. <laughs> so, yeah, when you have any questions, um, team in the back, if you could just put some on the screen and we'll try to take a few. Uh, I think I have some on my... Um, as well. It's coming straight to your iPad? And right here, yes. <laughs> kind of technology y'all get yeah, going man, on here, I, man. It's just one time we, my wife and I were on the road and we just let the mic go and just people would just grab oh, the yeah. mic and just yeah, say oh, some yeah. throw oh, it off yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, right. yeah. All right, how do I truly heal from my past? Hit it. I think we kind of dealt with it a lot. Well, I, 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 I do think we kind of we yeah. really dealt with it. And okay. I... And, and, not just to this person. What I'm going to say sounds 
harsh, but there's really truth to what I'm about to say. How do I heal from my past? You actually have to really want to heal from your past. That's good. Not for everybody, but for many people who I have encountered, I've known, even my own self, sometimes we become, our default is to say we want new, we want something different, mm -hmm. but inwardly we're still, like, that means you got to let go of the anger of who offended you. Yeah. I don't want to let go, so do you want healing or don't you? Like, yeah. sometimes we, you have to really ask yourself, do I really, truly desire to be beyond this for God to really yeah. to heal me that's one real question you have to ask yourself yeah and I understand the QR code was before so as it went through it possibly could have gave you tangible steps um, so yeah next question let's keep going and also get some offline too for everybody watching online okay we might need to stand up though uh, how do you know when some how do you know when it's the right time to tell your mate a deep secret from your past mm. Mm. Why are you walking over here? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, for myself, I would say it's when it's affecting your current. When it's affecting your personality so much to where your mate is asking, what's wrong? Are you okay? When it's so obvious that you have a nail and that light keeps dinging, it keeps coming on. Or better yet, yeah. when you have to keep putting air in it to cover it up. Yeah, but I, I gotta, Go I ahead, gotta, bro. I gotta I, but here's the thing. How do you know when it's time, the right time to tell, not your spouse. It says M-A-T-E. That can mean anything, and let me tell you, a, a deep secret, just because they tell me, what's wrong with you? I ain't telling you. So yeah. soon as I tell you, you're going to... So, so Here I is. come with standards. Look, look. Hey, <laughs> hey, look. I got to have standards. He's so, man, Jerry's so forgiving, and he just sees, he just sees the good in everybody. First of all... <laughs> yeah. Hey, bro. No. It might, be, it might be inappropriate, but there was this movie we used to watch back in the day before yeah. we were saved. You remember that scene, Bad Boys, and he came to the door. He said, who are you? This Ricky? Ricky who? <laughs> 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 hey, but, 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 but here's the truth. Here is one of our issues. We date on autopilot. Yeah. Come on, bro. And because we date on autopilot, mm. we often have the right conversation, but in the wrong phase of the relationship. Because no one ever taught you that there's friendship, there's dating, then there's courting. And, the, and just so I can burst your bubble, engagement does not mean marriage. That's a whole nother phase of your relationship. Yeah. And then there's marriage. But if you ask me, when is a good time to have that conversation? First of all, 
I need to know that you've given me the level of commitment. There has to be a level of commitment that matches the phase of your relationship. Because if y'all, if y'all somewhere in between friendship and, and I don't, uh, what are we? <laughs> I can't really answer that question for you. That's good. But it's just like playing a video game where it's like you got to get to another stage to unlock the benefits of that stage. Yeah. That's good, bro. I got some secrets yeah. in my past that you don't get the benefit of knowing until you have given me the commitment of that stage. This doesn't go for women, this go for both man and woman. And so my response back is, what phase of your relationship are y'all in? And if you say, ah, ah, <laughs> then you might wanna remove that question because what you need to first know is, or discern or discover is, actually, what are y'all doing first? Because you, because you asking me, man, what's going on with your day? As a friend, asking me, what's going on? As, as dating, hey, what's going on? Courting, hey, what's going on? Each of those phases, you might get a little bit more truth or, or, or things that I can trust you with. But where are you in the relationship yeah. developmental process is the question that you need to first answer. Because if it says spouse or something else, then I think we could have yeah. been able to answer yeah. that. See, sorry, sorry I took, why, I took too much I time. No, that's why I need you. <laughs> that's why I need you. <laughs> All right, next one. How do I honor my parents while recognizing their relationship is toxic. Is it their or the relationship? There you go with that. So, so you can start off tackling, then I'll No, go. no, no, I ain't touching that. I ain't touching that. <laughs> and as soon as I touch it, wait, hold on real quick, hold on. <laughs> How do I honor my parents while recognizing the relationship is toxic? That's, oh. that, that's, that's, okay, so this is, for me, this is when scripture will start to affect your stance. So honor had nothing to do with them being good or bad. Honor is a kingdom principle for you. It says honor your parents and the Lord for this is right and length of days will be yours. So, so if we're looking at it from a scripture standpoint, the honor is for you, not for them. So I'm not honoring you because you're healthy. Does that mean? I'm honoring you because I honor God and this is what he told me to do. This is the difference between calling God your savior versus your Lord. Lord, I'm over that. So that, that would be my biblical brooch of that question. I don't know if you want to give like some tangible um, yeah, boundaries I, to it. but No, I, I think that this is very delicate, very dangerous. This is a lot of different things because... How do I honor my parents while recognizing the relationship is toxic? And be honest with you. If you don't have, if you don't like, if <laughs> you can honor parents and have boundaries too. Hey, that's 
that's what I was going to say too. As as you were thinking, I was like, I think you have to define what honor looks like too, because honor doesn't mean do what they say. Right. Yeah. Because when you said scripture, it's your interpretation or what you were told it meant. And you never really ask questions because just to honor parents doesn't mean I turn a blind eye and I let them just ruin my marriage or just walk all over me. Because now I am leaking on other people because I can't tell my parents truth. Correct. You can respect but you also got to have boundaries yes. because you yeah. got to live with you. Right. And when you and you are your family, you are your legacy. So you let's say if you don't address this and then you get married. That will ruin your marriage because you're honoring your parents, your, your version of honoring without boundaries, without saying no. You don't have to disrespect, you can still have boundaries, but you need to address that in singleness if you're hoping to get married. But even if marriage is easy, if not, even if marriage is not where you're going, this will, this will, I've seen it. This will cost you your life. If you don't say, hey, I gotta take a step back. I gotta see God's face. This is a boundary. If it's toxic, like, if it's toxic the way you're saying, yeah. like you gotta, you gotta take care of you. Yes, yes. And, so, yeah. uh, what would be a definition then of honor we could give? I think that would be the best way to serve that question. Yeah. Is what do you think is a definition of honor, especially in, the, especially in this context? Yeah. How do I honor? What did define honor? And I think that will help because it's a principle that we're supposed to live by. Mm-hmm. But maybe. Maybe what you view honor is really people pleasing. Yeah. Mm. Yes. See what I'm saying? So I want to, what, what definition would you give to honor? That's a good question. Because when I read that, how do I love my parents while recognizing the relationship yeah. is toxic? How do I love my parents? How do I honor? I don't know. How would you define honor? I would, I would substitute it with another word like love, but how do I love my my parents while recognizing the relationship is toxic. I don't know, how, do you, how would you define that? I don't know, I'm, I'm pulling up a blank. That's a very strong word. Yeah. Someone said love with boundaries. Yeah, but still, I, I, think, I think honor, we could put respect, but it's more position. So I respect your position as my parent but I recognize that you're toxic. Yes, I respect your position as my parent, but I don't agree yeah. with yeah. how you move yeah. in our relationship yeah. because it makes our relationship toxic. Perfect, I love it. Next question. Oh, Lord, Isaac. <laughs> well, this is Therapy Thursday, y'all, so it's good. It's, hey, hey, listen, we, we want this to be a good space, Therapy Thursday. My boyfriend has been physically, verbally abusive for many years. Would it be unloving if I let him go? So I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, 
I'm gonna now look. I, I do want I do want to to clarify this. Um, everybody doesn't know. Everybody everybody does not know. Some are visitors. Some watch online. Uh, they're my mama put it this way. They're not used to the level of biblical teaching that you've got. So your response is oh, but uh, I like I said I always consider backdrop. You don't know. So for me, it would be unloving of you to let him stay. Um, and, and, and when I say love, I'm speaking of love for you. Love your neighbor as you love yourself, okay? So you have to love you. Yeah. Even in Ephesians, when it yeah. speaks about the husband, it says no husband abuses himself. Yeah, yeah. Because he loves himself. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, I, I think now it's that funeral you were talking about. Yeah. It, it's that, that necessary funeral Mm-hmm. I have to eulogize this because for many years now you got history. Remember, we started this off by saying you can't take destiny steps when historical pain is your therapist. You can't. Yeah. And so the, the many years is showing you it's going to get worse if it continues. Yeah. yeah. It only gets worse after I do. Yeah. It doesn't change. I'm telling you. As yeah. a pastor, what you see in dating is going to manifest. Don't think it's going to change. It will get worse. It's like, you knew this. I think, among the obvious, I want to honor the person who had the courage to ask the question. Because it's easy to shame the person by our responses, and you still in their relationship, you know it's toxic. But a couple of things. My boyfriend has been verbally abusive, physically, for many years. One of the things that I have learned, and I'm learning, is that when you have situations like this, the first thing I ask is, you need to redefine what love means. Because the question is, why are you staying? Why have you stayed? And what I discover is most of the time, 99% of the time, these persons, myself, you come from a childhood where you saw something occur and someone receive it and someone stay. And what they teach us is You leave home emotionally underdeveloped and you have your version of what love is based on what you saw. And so you transport that into the relationship that you're in. And oftentimes what you say to yourself is, but I'm going to make it work. And when you say I'm going to make it work, what you're saying is in my childhood, it didn't work. But if I stay longer and if I do enough and all of what you're doing is this warped, Definition of love. Everybody say this. That's not love. And so I think it's about first, would it be unloving to let them go? I would encourage you to take a journal and to put love at the very top and then to be honest with yourself, write what does love mean to you? Yeah. 
and then write, when was the first time you saw a loving act in your life? And then start to trace because it's a good chance you're staying because that's what you think you're supposed to do because that's what you saw. Or uh, there's something called traumatic aloneness. And that's when you experience a traumatizing moment when you were alone as a child. Whether you stayed at the house and mama didn't come back to the sunrise, came up or whatever. And that was traumatizing to you. And sometimes we stay in things that are verbally and physically abusive because I fear that traumatic aloneness recycling. I do not. And I, that, I don't want to be alone. It's a trigger. And I want to yeah. cover that thing up. And I do not yeah. want to feel that feeling again. Yeah. That's good, bro. Let's take a few more questions. What's the biggest obstacle you had to overcome in your dating and marriage season? Why you got to be asking me about me? <laughs> Man. They're, they're, hmm. The biggest obstacle? Why y'all got to be so deep, man? <laughs> I don't know if I could put a size because there are always things we have to overcome. Um, for myself as a husband, I would just say me. Um, uh, I could be the biggest obstacle that I have to overcome. Uh, because everything that I battle with, by default, Tanisha would experience. Because when you're attached to them, you get what's attached to them. Um, so I, I don't put any blame on in-laws or any external force. It's me learning what a husband looks like, um, me learning what love is, me operating in patience, me recognizing that forgiveness is the quality of a good marriage um, and doing it over and over again. So I, I wouldn't say it's just one obstacle. It's, it's my flesh, man. Just How long y'all been married? 11 years. So we... So like, we're heading into year three in just a few weeks, you know? So like, that's, that's, still, that's still evolving, but yeah. I think um, in the dating, I know it sounds cheesy, but if you follow me long enough, then you'll, you'll learn the levels of what I mean when I say learning how to be vulnerable. Hmm. I don't come from that. So when I share me yeah. and like learning how to speak as a man, to talk, to give language to my emotion um, has been the thing that has helped me. That's not the only thing, but one of the greater things to be able to say, this hurts, that hurt me, and this is something that I never told anyone because I'm so used to being a hurt locker. I keep all of my hurt in a locker. Yeah. So I think for me, um, learning truly what vulnerability and being naked is terrifying until you learn it and then it's intoxicating. It's yeah. just something that, I, that you just, you can't live without. Yeah. Once as you've learned the freedom of being able to just this is who I, you know, like, this is what I'm feeling. And to be able to share that and to be able to live in the truth 
of who you are, yeah. like you don't, you can't not do that anymore. Yeah. And so I think that, that helped me um, in my dating and as we entered into a marriage season, that's one of them. I know when I get in the car, my wife's gonna say, well, you should have said this. <laughs> <laughs> so I ain't gonna ask her right now because for the fear of what yeah. she could possibly say, no, no, no. Yeah. Let's take three more and then we'll let everybody go get them some food. If forgiving them, but still see their mistakes, I know God truly forgives us, but how do I? Conjunction, junction, what's your? <laughs> Y'all smart. <laughs> I actually could not read the rest of the question because I stopped it, but honestly, I've forgiven them, but it still goes back to that history, bro. Yeah. It still goes back to, like, what does forgiveness really look like to you? How, how, would, how would you answer this question, bro? Uh, I think it would go back to how you did me on the first question. What's the relationship status? Because, mm. I mean, if, it, if it's Tanisha, you know, I'm going to forgive all the time. You know, um, if it's somebody I have no relational connect to, that might be a warning for me. So you, I, think, my, I think it depends, too, on the status. Forgiveness is something that you give, but... Um, Seeing the mistakes could be a pattern that God is showing you, this ain't me, you know. But in marriage, it's a little, little different. My wife taught me um, one of the things that she struggled with, something similar, was that she had to learn God by a new name, God as judge. And so I hear you say, I know God truly forgives, but do you truly know that God forgives? It sounds, I mean, you got the language right. But like, do you truly know God as forgiver? Like, I've forgiven them, but still see their mistakes. I know God truly forgives, but how do I? Learning God by a brand new name and trusting them in God's hands hmm. is the greatest thing you will have to do. Yeah. But the question is, do you really trust God? Can I trust God? They offended me. I had some people to drop me. You know, it's like Mephibosheth, right? You know, people who are supposed to love you, yeah. care for you, drop you, and now you walk with a limp. Can you forgive the people who dropped you? Can you learn God by a new name? The question is, do you truly know God as forgiver? Yeah, that's good, bro. You get two more. Is this good for everybody? Yeah, two more. How do I identify red flags versus projected trauma that I've um, experienced? That's a great question. Uh, I think red flags will always come off as projected trauma. Um, but the difference is when you, 
when you could add language to this is a nail, what do they do with it? I think, I think that's, when I identify a red flag, if I voice to them, hey, there's a nail every time I say this. Or you keep on viewing me out of how you view them. How do they respond to that? Because a lot of people who are projecting don't know it. They don't. And a lot of people who are red flags don't know they're red flags. So for me, I think it would be what's their willingness to accept when I'm pointing out a nail? That, that's possibly how I would uh, broach it. Um, projected trauma usually is always going to have to do with what they've journeyed through, and they're thinking you're going to do the same thing. And sometimes we label red flags immediately when you could be called to help them heal. So I, I, know that's, I know that's one of my calls. Say that, say that again. Say that again. I said a lot. What did I say? Um, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes the red flags are there for you to help them heal. I think a, a natural example. We were at the men's conference here in March, and every, all the men in here were crying. And I hugged you and said, hey, bro, I'm not them. You know, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. This is for life. Mm-hmm. And we both start crying harder, you know. Uh, the whole room was crying. Every man was crying in there. Um, but for us, I was able to recognize somebody hurt Isaac. Yep. I'm not going to do that. So I could see a pattern of he might just, you know, I- I'm done. Yeah. But I'm able to be like, I know that's what they did. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. Yeah. And yeah, so I can help heal an area. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But that takes discernment too, because it's not your responsibility to be Superman, everybody. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know if you yeah. want to brush it. I, I, I mean, you really, you really dug your heels in that. I, I have to admit that when I usually hear the red flag thing, it's so over, overused that yeah. it's like, <laughs> it's like the red light though. Like before the light got red, it's the yellow light though. Yeah. Do you have a habit? of bypassing the yellow light, yeah. you know. Yeah, you see the yellow, but now I'm going to keep on going. Yeah. And it, you don't just arrive at red, yeah. you know. But I think, <laughs> look, whenever I hear, that means or, something was or, said. Or like what she said earlier, what if, how much it's going to cost you, you call it a red flag. Mm. Come on. It's going to cost you. You're going to have to labor with this person. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do all that. They got red flags. No, you don't want to work. Mm. Hey, come on. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that, that is a really, that, Good. It, how do I identify red flags versus projected trauma that I've experienced? Uh, I don't have anything else to say to that, bro, yeah. other than what you already said. Okay. Last one, and I hope this blessed you all. It feels like I'm full of scripture, but can't live it. It reminds me of the parable of the different soils. That is such a great I can really correlate to that. I mean, I've known Bible since I was in a womb. <laughs> I think it goes back to something I stated, I think it was 2021. Information without application, no transformation. So I think the discouraging part is you have a lot of information. Why don't I see the fruit of it? That's going to take the practicing of application. It's applying it over and over. Just because you know something's hot doesn't mean you won't touch it. It's when you keep touching it 
over and over. Now, we probably need to get a, a therapist resource where why do you like hot stuff? <laughs> and, and are you tired of the burns yet? That would be a whole other conversation. But for myself, I would be like, okay, just because you know a lot means nothing. You got to send the Bible. Know, the, the, the devil yeah. knows a whole lot of Bible. He can, if Satan could incarnate somebody and preach Sunday morning, he would kill it. Yep. I mean, he knows the word of God. He knows the word of God. He knows the word of God. Better than anybody. Right. So I, I think for me, trying to apply one principle is harder. Just one principle, instead of knowing, I know all 66, 39 old, 27 the new, I went to seminary. Instead of that, apply the fruit of the spirit of patience. Just focus on that. Focus on one. Deliberately focus on, this is just some advice I would give. Look at the fruits of the spirit. Find one and focus on just that one. Focus on that one because what you'll discover is when you focus on one, it'll produce others. I'm going to just focus on being patient. That's going to make you have self-control. That's going to make you be gentle. That's going to make you not hold a record. Just one. Just focus on one. Don't let how much you know discourage you. Focus on one biblical principle and apply that one every day. Apply that one every day. It is better for you to meditate on one verse, apply it, and live it than for you to know all the Bible and don't apply none of it. So I hope this was good for you guys. Um, yes. This is good, bro.